y'all doing? Hi! <laughs> um, I'm back with another episode. Wow, first one since August. Can you even believe it? You know, I was actually going to do a whole episode coming back about burnout and, you know, what that means and what it looks like. But honestly, the idea of doing one about that really stressed me out. And I feel like right now in particular, a lot of us are really stressed, right? It's a really weird time to be alive. It's it's weird and stressful. And I didn't want to bring that to my platform right now. And so I wanted to come back uh, with this, this episode that's very much more lighthearted. It's about dating. It's about my friend Kyla and I's dating experience. Experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and yeah, hopefully this is a little bit more, you know, more fun to, to listen to than, you know, something that's uh, centered around stress. And as well, you know, the title of this episode is very broad. It's what it means to date in your 20s, right? And I just want to say that me and Kyla are coming at this from a very particular, um, you know, perspective. We both are cis women. And in this episode, we are reflecting on our experiences dating men. But yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode and I'm happy to be back making some content. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Question by Question with me, your host, Karen Bauer. And today we have one of my favorite people in the entire world as a guest. Kyla, do you want to introduce yourself? Yay! Hello! I'm Kyla. Um, more about me? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Where you live, what you do, how we know each other. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I live in New York City. Um, before the pandemic, before the quarantine, I was a merchandise manager at Moulin Rouge on Broadway, which is pretty fun and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to college together. We were actually, we were right, we were like next door neighbors, right? In our freshman dorm. We were. I honestly, I think we met the first day of college. I remember we were like, I don't know why, we were standing in some line outside of the dorms and you had some turtle jewelry on something. (laughs) You were wearing something, I think it was like a necklace. And I was like, ooh, cool necklace. And you're like, thanks, I'm Kyla. And I was like, cool. (laughs) And then we ended up, yeah, living right next to each other our freshman year. And then we also had uh, a class together as well, so... The rest is history. Well, let me just quickly say what this whole episode's about. So, we're talking about dating, all things dating, so fun. Today I was listening to a podcast that was all about dating in New York, and of course I texted Kyla right away, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this, we should do an episode. (laughs) And so, thankfully, Kyla said yes, and we're gonna do an episode on dating. Yay. Um, and for those of you who have never listened to the podcast before, the format of it is that basically, you know, we have a topic beforehand. So Kyla knew we were talking about dating today. And then, you know, me and her on our own, will think about, you know, two to three, three to four questions. And then we come together, we ask each other the questions, and we sort of have a natural conversation, um, you know, going back and forth with our questions. So, you know, hence the name, question by question. Yeah, so I don't know, Kyla, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I don't have a preference. I mean, I'll go first. Sure. Okay, go. Okay, so my first question, like, it's, it's um, for a minute I was like, oh, maybe this is only tangential, but like, no, it's pretty solidly related to dating. Um, I'm very curious to know how old you were when you first realized that you were interested in having a boyfriend. Ooh. Like, how old were you when you were like, yes, that, I want that. I want that. Okay, that's a good question. Let's see, probably, I guess in college, 
I think. I don't think I was really interested. I mean, of course, when you're, you know, young in high school and middle school, you watch things and you're like, wow, look at that. You know, I think I was I was very into <laughs> Hannah Montana when I was younger. And, you know, she had lots of, she had a lot of boyfriends. And so I was like, oh, that's so cool. But I think, you know, seriously, I didn't start thinking about it until college. You know, I, one of our best friends, Kayla, she would have boyfriends. And I was like, oh, it seems so fun, you know, having someone you love. Da, da, da. And yeah, I think I wouldn't have been ready to have a boyfriend anytime before college. So yeah, definitely then. I mean, I can't think of like a, a moment in particular where I was like, I need a boyfriend. But I definitely remember just, you know, wanting to have some sort of something <laughs> where a guy was interested in me enough to, you know, lock it down. So that's what I remember. Lock it down. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you? When do you remember? Well, the, the, what you said at the end there about being ready for a relationship is actually really interesting because that, because then I would have two different answers. Because, like, I just got out of my first committed relationship, and, like, I don't think I would have been ready. I don't think, you know, now that I'm, I'm out of it, I'm like, oh, my God, thank God I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 25. Because I cannot imagine <laughs> what a wreck I would have been if I had started dating when I was, like, 16 or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the reason I really wanted to know is because I was like, okay, I feel like either my experience is really common, or it's like, I mean, and this isn't going to determine that either way, but... I like, I was, I remember being like 12 years old and feeling like there was something wrong with me mm-hmm. because I had never had a boyfriend at 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's sad. Well, I just remember, <laughs> I don't, not like you not having a boyfriend at 12, but like the feeling, yeah, <laughs> that feeling for sure. And I remember, I mean, not necessarily the boyfriend feeling, but just having guys interested in me. I remember feeling like something was wrong with me. Um, I would say in high school was the big time where I was like, all these boys are like hitting my friends up, but not me. What the heck is wrong with me? Like that kind of feeling. And then, you know, a little bit into college too, feeling that way as well. But my first serious relationship was my sophomore year of college. So then that kind of, you know, feeling kind of died down, but yeah I mean it's sad thinking that like we can only function within society and we're only like fully you know not I don't know if human's the right word but like we've reached this like our full capacity once we've like been able to find someone it's like such a built-in step because if you think about like the traditional pathway of like school maybe then on to college if you're able to and then you know finding a career path like along within that path like probably in between college and career or maybe after career is children and like in our society you're like you're really skipping a step if i mean first of all you know the pressure to have children but whatever Mm -hmm. but you're really skipping a step if you don't have like a committed partner so like yeah like it definitely feels like finding that person is a necessary part of like living a normal and like fulfilling life Mm -hmm. and it's full it's both. It is. It's a bunch of both for sure. So my question, my next one, I guess, is kind of stepping, I'm not sure about back. Maybe it's the next one forward, but um, I wanted to sort of hear if you're comfortable telling us, the audience, and me about just, you know, your dating history, just going through it a little bit. Okay, let's see. So I did not go on a date in any way, shape, or form until I moved to New York City. No, that's a lie. 
I think I, I think I did actually date a little bit in college, but at home. It mm. was not on campus. It was when I was home visiting, and it was like literally just like two, two or three dates, different guys, and it was all through apps. It was all through Tinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I moved to the city. So like, so I was on Tinder. I downloaded Tinder the minute I turned eighteen, because like I said, I had been wanting a boyfriend since I was twelve. <laughs> and then the minute I turned eighteen, I was like, I need to try online dating because like this I wanted this it's just not happening and then like online dating was kind of pointless at our college because we went to school in such a small I don't know if rural is the right word to use but like I didn't need an app to meet anybody on campus like it was such a small school and then all of the men that I matched with off campus who I was attracted to did not live close enough to the school oh wait a minute Oh my God, Karen, I did go on one date at Beloit. Do you, do you remember this? I matched with this guy in OkCupid and he lived like two hours away. I can't remember if he was in Chicago. I mean, if he was in Illinois or Wisconsin, but he drove to campus. Do you remember this? Because we spent, I need you guys spend the whole day with us. Wait, it was like, what did we do? Kayla and Sarah. I remember being in your triple. I'm pretty sure it was when you guys had the triple. Okay. And he drove us to Taco Bell. Do you remember? Because we were like, should we be getting in this guy's car? Like, we were like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like, do you not remember this? I don't. But I'm thank God he brought us. Right now, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because actually, that's really smart of you to make him hang out with all of us and not just be by yourself. Well, I was like, I don't know, because I was young enough and stupid enough to just not, to not say no, right? Like, yeah. I was too stupid to not be like, please, no, thank you. <laughs> but it definitely was a, a red flag to me that this man had never met me and was willing to drive two hours. That's and, like, too maybe much. that's a main, okay, because I was like, maybe that's a mainland thing, like, you know, I'm, I grew up on an island, so it's not like you could, like, whatever, but um, it was definitely a red flag to me that I was like, uh, and I like tried, I think I like tried to, I think I did try to put it off. And he was like, today's the only day I have the car. And I was like, okay. That's so pressury. Ooh, I hate yeah. that. That's so awful. Mm-hmm. I also had a guy drive like an hour and a half to meet me. And like also was very pressury. He was like, are we going to meet or not? You know, <laughs> because Oops. we, we oh matched, right? We matched when he, like I was, we basically matched when I was going to uh, Vegas from Chicago. So he was from Chicago. And this was on Tinder. And then I, I like, you know, was living in, I'm pretty sure mad. Actually, I, was, I think I was living in Minnesota for most of the time. But and he kept being like, oh, I'll drive to Minnesota. Like, we can hang out. And I was like, no, no, that is really weird. <laughs> that is like a six-hour drive, sir. And then one time when I was in Madison, He's like, okay, what if we, like, do a fun thing where, like, I come with my friends and then your friends, we go hang out. And I was like, okay, that's better. But also, I was just like, I don't like you enough where this is, like, normal, you know? I'm not, like, wanting you to come. (laughs) Because also, like, what's going to happen here? Like, that means that we're regularly going to have to hurdle a six-hour commute, like, Mm -hmm. if this goes anywhere. Unless you really are just trying to come over here to hit it and quit it, which, like, nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. But, like, you have to communicate with that because otherwise you're going to drive six hours for nothing you know exactly. um, for nothing other than to be disappointed and to insult me like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly but yeah so you said that you so besides um going on a date with that that man <laughs> yeah. 
you didn't date until you you didn't seriously date until you moved to New York. New York, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the majority of the dating I've done here has been through apps. Um, the honestly, I've had the best luck with Tinder. Like it's disgusting, but like Bumble and Hinge have just like never really worked for me. I don't know what it is. Like Bumble, like. Bumble's the one where you have to message first, right? The girls have to message first. Or I think so. Female identifying people have to message first. Because I remember that, and like people just like didn't respond to my messages. And I was like, well, this is extra crappy because of the weird. There's like, not only do I have to send the first message, but then there's also like a literal time frame. There's like a time limit. You have to respond within whatever. And I was like, this sucks. I don't, <laughs> I can't deal with this. So mostly online dating. I have dated a few guys I've met. Uh, the old-fashioned way (laughs) the issue with that in my experience is that like one I'm really I'm really only meeting people at work which like has issues like obvious issues and I've learned that the hard way (laughs) um and then two like at bars and stuff Mm -hmm. and then like it's it is it is kind of nice to meet somebody at a bar but the thing about that is like you know it's a lot easier to avoid people you're not interested on the internet than Mm -hmm. to avoid people you're not interested in real life also like the thing about matching people online that's nice to me as opposed to meeting people in real life like at bars and stuff is that you have this package online and of course it is not necessarily a true reflection of who they are but like I really like that it you get the pictures and you get the bio or whatever and I feel like it really gives you a sense of who they are even if they were lying or whatever because you just like whatever and then when you meet people in real life it just takes a lot longer for them to disappoint you I guess <laughs> or a lot less time for them to disappoint you either way whatever yeah so mostly online dating and then like I have given my number to a few guys on the street which is not the move so <laughs> I don't do that anymore but online dating, and then and then I met my first boyfriend last summer, and we met on Tinder, and we we dated for almost a year. I actually was going to ask you about one one of my questions is like what what do you think the biggest difference is between meeting and dating someone you know the old fashioned way quote unquote, and then meeting someone and dating someone online. It is. I mean, it is nice to meet somebody in in real life because you get an immediate sense for how how do we communicate, which can be challenging online because you can communicate with somebody really well through written communication and then you meet in person and it's just not there. But I also like that meeting people online, in my experience, has actually made me feel safer than meeting people in real life because depending on how you want to go about doing it, you can utilize more vetting systems, I guess, like something I used to really like doing when I was um, matching with people online all the time was like, I like exchanging social media really early on because I just wanted to have proof that like you are who you say you are. Like I want to see somewhat like what kind of life you may be living. Like how are your friends engaging with your content? Like it's also really nice to suss out crappy dudes because like a guy can be super respectful to your face, obviously, but then seeing what he posts and, like, seeing how his friends engage with it, I feel like is really telling of, like, okay, like, maybe he's racist or maybe mm-hmm. he's, like, fatphobic or he's sexist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just – it's just easier to meet people online. It's so much easier. Like, it's – you can do it from your home. There's a lot less sticking your neck out because you already know this person's attracted to you or whatever, mm-hmm. but – Yeah, I think the same thing. And I think what you said earlier, too, about it's much easier – to sort of you know you can just swipe the next person if you're not interested in someone online but in person it's so much harder do you Mm -hmm. remember that i think it was the first time i visited you (laughs) 
in New York. I know exactly. Oh my gosh, this is the only really. I mean, I've had like I had one other experience at a bar, and it also turned out really weird. But um, one time, I was visiting Kyla in New York, and we went to this bar. I don't even know. Was it like in Manhattan? Mm-hmm. So fun. It was awesome. <laughs> and this guy came up to me. I think you like went to the bathroom or something. Oh yeah, I was making out with something in the bathroom. <laughs> yes. And this guy came up to me and started talking to me, you know, and I wasn't interested, but I was like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so yeah, we were just talking and, you know, he asked for my number, exchanged numbers, didn't think anything of it. But then I think it was even later that night or the next day. First of all, like you said, like it's really nice being able to vet people, right? Like going to their social media and seeing what's up. So he must have given me like his full name or something. So I like looked him up on social media. He also had kind of a bizarre name. To me, it was a bizarre name. It was like Wolf or something like that, wasn't it? I don't remember, honestly, at all. But it was easy enough to find on social media. And I found that when we were you know, talking in person, he wrote a Facebook status about me and was like, this girl, she's awesome or something. And I was like, oh. And then the next day, he sent me all of these poems he wrote about me. And I was like, okay, this is not what I wanted. (laughs) Don't like this. (laughs) I mean, obviously that could also have happened, you know, if I met someone online and... They could have sent me poems as well, but I just remember that oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a very not fun experience, you could say. Yeah. I fully remember this. I fully remember this. And I, I feel bad too because at the time, like, I think that was actually kind of a formative experience for me in being in public with my like female friends and like like I think in New York you just have to learn really quickly unfortunately that you don't I mean this is applicable anywhere, but I think you learn it really quickly in New York that like you have to put yourself first. You don't owe anybody anything, including niceness. And like, if, if I had, I don't think I was fully aware. I, I think I, maybe I thought you were kind of into it. Cause I was like, oh yeah, like she's being so nice. Like why wouldn't she, you know, why would she entertain this? But of course you would, because that's how we're raised is mm-hmm. to be courteous and to be polite. And like, and then if you had, and like the worst part about it is like, we're taught that boundaries our root. We're taught that setting boundaries is root. Like, if you had said to that man, like, wow, I'm really flattered, but I'm here with my friends tonight. Like, I'm really not interested. Like, who knows? Maybe he would have taken it well, but I've been in that situation where I've had to say to a dude, like, my friend and I came here to spend time with each other. Like, we really appreciate whatever the heck you're doing, but, like, please go away. <laughs> and they're like, well, I, why? I never. I, why? <laughs> you're like, fuck you. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> you're like, they're, you're, they're, and they always insult you afterwards, too. And you're like, you were just hitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really scary. I mean, I think you're right, too, with, with it being, especially in New York, because there's so much catcalling and street harassment that happens there. And, I mean, just in bigger cities in general. And, you know, not knowing, like, what would happen if you said no. Because we hear so many times all these stories about women saying no to men and then being killed. Like, literally killed. And it's, you know, it's so serious. But people are like, just be nice to them. Just give them, like, a fake number. Blah, blah, blah. But I know, and now the harder. fake number thing doesn't even work. Because dudes are, like looking out for that shit and then their dumbasses excuse me (laughs) instead of instead of recognizing like oh maybe this person does not feel comfortable they're like what what, what do you want (laughs) like insulted and angry (laughs) it's like well 
that's why I didn't reject you in the first place is because I was trying to avoid this reaction. I had a guy once where I was waiting for the bus and he like asked my number and I was like, eh, I don't want to get it to you. <laughs> but of course I did. And he was like, I'm going to call it right now to make sure it's real. <laughs> I was like, okay. And it was real. <laughs> so then I remember like texting him back and then blocking him right away. Cause I was like, I don't know what else to do here besides, you know, cause it was fake. What would he have done? He would have yelled at me and it would have been super awkward. It's so stupid. It's like, what? Like, cause in my head, cause, okay. Cause here's what's happening, right? In dude's heads is they're like, I'm going to call it right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to catch you in this lie. <laughs> I'm going to get you. When instead it's like, I don't know, I mean, you look pretty stupid right now. You are the one who imposed yourself on me, and I was trying to be respectful of your freaking feelings and also keep my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I was walking to the train recently with my roommate. I wasn't even alone. I was with a man, and this dude walked by me, and he just sort of was like, he, he just sort of like growls the word beautiful at me, like... <laughs> He, like, leaned in and was, like, beautiful. And I was, I, like, <laughs> also a very New York thing is a conversation, strangers hearing a conversation without stopping. Like, people just yelling at each other from across the street because we've insulted each other, but we didn't stop moving. <laughs> so, like, and that's exactly what happened, is that I kept walking and I was, like, ew. I was, like, oh, my God. And I made the conscious decision. Like, I did have an involuntary reaction, but I made the conscious decision to let this person hear it. Because I was like, I'm so sick of this. I feel like I get catcalled every time I leave my house. You need to know it's not okay if you don't already know and just don't care. You need to know. Like, you need to experience some sort of, some sort of, what's the word, punishment yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this man goes, I said you were beautiful. And I said, I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, well, oh, he was like, I, he mumbled something about women being disrespectful. Oh my God. And I said, I'm disrespectful. And he said, watch your back, bitch. <gasps> out of my neighborhood. Like literally threatened me. Oh my literally God. Literally threatened That's me. so scary, Kyla. I mean, yeah, we got to the train and I had a panic attack. Like I literally started shaking and crying. But like, <laughs> it's just everywhere and it's constant. And like, I'm glad we're talking about it on this platform. Because mm-hmm. we know about it, and I'm sure the majority of your audience, like, our friends know about it, but, like, apparently not enough people do. Do you think you felt comfortable enough to have a visceral, like, reaction to this man and to engage in that sort of back-and-forth rhetoric because someone else was with you? Yeah, it definitely emboldens me when I'm with another person. Because if I'm by myself, most of the time, and unless I absolutely have to engage, most of the time my tactic is to ignore, which still incites rage in some men I've still been called a bitch for ignoring a man but like yeah absolutely because like I've been in multiple situations where like even if I'm on the phone with somebody even if I don't have a person who's physically there like I was on the phone with my mom last night I stepped out on the street a bicyclist like wolf whistled at me and I just called him a fucker I just yelled at him and my mom was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) Kyla (laughs) but yeah definitely being by myself, I definitely respond to things much differently than I do when I'm, like, emboldened by another person. So, do you ever feel like you have been fetishized for your skin color or for your size? And, like, if you did experience that, like, how did you clock it? Like, what made you realize it? And then, like, how did you 
handle it. I definitely get fetishized or did, I guess, more for my skin color when I was on dating apps. Yeah, when I was in, I'm pretty sure it was in D.C., um, I was on dating apps, um, and multiple guys, like, we'd been engaging in, like, a conversation, and we'd we'd set up a date, and be like, okay, great, like, can't wait, da-da-da, and then the guy would just be like, oh, yeah, uh, I've never, like, been on a date with a black woman before, I'm so excited, and I'm just like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you oh, mean? God. And being like, what the and then them being like what it's just a statement um or you know guys being like oh i love black women you know and the guy you know being mostly usually white (laughs) um and being like okay like let's unpack that like sometimes i don't even engage i'm just like whatever i remember one time with the guy i engaged and i was like that you know, you are fetishizing me, da 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 And he's like, no, I'm not. It's just a preference. What do you mean? You know, it's the same thing as saying that, like, I like blondes, but, like, you know, I'm like, okay, let's unpack what it means to have a preference. And I was trying to, like... It's stupid, by the way. I personally <laughs> think preferences are definitely need to be addressed, but I'm sorry. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, they're always best in, you know, sexism, racism, like, all of this stuff. And obviously a product of, like, the white supremacy and all this stuff. And so, like, I was trying to explain this to him, and he just was getting so offended. And he was like, fine, I don't want to go date with you anyways. And I was like, okay, like, same, yeah, like, weirdo. <laughs> like you fucking weirdo so yeah that's always infuriating right i mean yeah that's definitely happened a couple times usually never in person like usually i am able to spot that sort of person beforehand but other times like i was with this guy for a while and you know he never said anything explicitly but I knew that he, like, almost exclusively dated black women. And so that was always interesting, an, an interesting thing for me. And also just, like, you know, being black, I'm always sort of wondering, too, like, if I'm dating someone, like, is this a fetish? It's kind of sad that you have to kind of think that, like, are you only dating me because it's, like, a part of, like, this sort of, you know, trope that you're used to? Or is it because, you know, you actually like me? Da, da, da. And then, yeah, I guess, you know, body-wise... I I don't think so. I don't think really. I mean, I have I'm well endowed in the chest area and in the back area. And so I think guys, you know, will comment on that when, you know, in, in intimate situations, but never like I don't think they really seek that out. That it's like sense. a normal, a, a societally acceptable amount of sexualization. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Well, I actually, before, uh, I, I'd like to ask when you said that, you said that you can clock it usually before you meet people. And is that is that usually in an exchange like the one you have with that guy where they just say something and show their whole ass? Okay. Yeah. It's so bizarre. <laughs> Literally, I feel like the guys who feel this way, like who have these fetishes, like they can't help but blurt it out kind of they're like oh my god i'm so excited to date you because you're black or like i haven't been the black woman before i'm so excited da, da, da. And it's just like this like weird like anticipation they're feeling and excitement they have to tell me beforehand which is so weird <laughs> but also so good for me because i can save myself <laughs> have you ever noticed on dating apps if if anybody ever has like put anything in their bio specific of, of like i only date black women or like i only blah blah because blah, i see that all the time time for plus size women where they're like mm. I only date fat girls or like whatever and I'm like wow well, 
<laughs> Interesting. Um, I'm not sure. I, I I feel like maybe I don't remember honestly. It's been a bit, but I feel like I've probably seen race specific ones for sure. I mean, I know that I know that I only date white girls is like a very, very prominent thing. I'm white supremacy. Hey, um, <laughs> but. But yeah, so I was just curious if anybody's ever like, because like, I don't know, preferences are so bizarre to me. And I think it's really interesting that preferences are are as considered as acceptable as they are in our society. And like, well, because when I was growing up, I definitely had a preference for white boys, like growing up in Hawaii and, and like still watching like main American media, not being surrounded by, you know, being surrounded by mostly people of color in Hawaii. Like I still the message that like white is right mm-hmm. even even living in such a diverse population as that and I like I mean I really think I was probably in high school before I was like what the hell is up with that like that's weird and gross and like not okay <laughs> and like and it is it's not the same it's obviously obviously not the same for somebody to say that they have a like a, a racial preference as it is for them to say that they prefer a specific hair color or a specific body type but I do think they are on, on like they're in the same room I don't know what sort of analogy I'm trying to make like it's just like I don't understand why like some people can understand it's not acceptable to have racial preferences but they can still think it's acceptable to have body type preferences or like I don't know, I don't mm-hmm. know. yeah just a, a society that like sexualizes and objectifies people so much I really wonder if like if we didn't have the training we did if we would do it to this extent naturally does that make sense yeah absolutely like we're being conditioned all the time to think of a certain body type a certain race a certain you know everything is what the ideal person is um and then because of that it gets ingrained in people's you know dating preferences as well preferences but yeah going back to that that question so you said that you do see people in their bios saying like i only date fat women you know or whatever i mean it's especially in recent years, like when I was 18 and I was first on apps, well, probably for the first four years, probably all of college when I was on apps, I was not used to seeing that. Like I was not used to seeing people specifically state that they were attracted to plus size women, but I see it all the time now and I see it everywhere. I don't just see it on dating apps. Like it's on TikTok. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there are memes and like, it's just very interesting because like, as a fat person, and a lot of fat women I have heard from feel this way, share this feeling as well, you are conditioned to feel like you're undesirable. So when people do show interest in you, we often don't interpret it as what it is. Um, most of the time, we think people are joking, either joking with us or most likely making fun of us. Um, and I wonder if that it sort of stems from that, if dudes were like, oh, maybe I should put myself out here as like officially I'm into big women so that they don't like, I don't know, but like, but I do think that there's like an element of clout chasing or even, or even virtue signaling in it. Like if a man can publicly state somewhere I'm attracted to big women, it doesn't mean he actually has to date big women and people everywhere will still applaud him for making that statement. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially after moving to New York, like I know that my body type is, I had never experienced being catcalled until I moved to New York City, never. 
Um, and I know that it's only my body. I know it's only my body. They really could not give a fuck about my face because it, I go out with my mask on. Yeah, it's pretty, it seems to be pretty common. And I don't know if that's just the algorithms are sending me content they think that I want to see as a plus size person. But like, yeah, there are definitely guys who are like, I'm only the big girls. And for a while, that was really comforting to me because mm-hmm. my body was the part of me that I was most insecure about. And so I was like, well, if I'm with somebody who specifically likes big women, then that's something I never have to worry about. But it's also like if somebody's only with me because of what I look like, that's not going to make for a very lasting relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, like we said, there this it's hard to compare race and body size, but if I ever saw someone who put like, I'm into black women or something, I probably wouldn't match with them. I would probably swipe them because... I mean, yeah, I guess for me that's more like a red flag than, I don't know, than thinking about someone having a preference over my body. Um, and yeah, I guess I probably would swipe, would swipe on someone who, you know, was like, I'm interested in, you know, bigger woman. I would be like, okay, well, then they'll think that my curves are nice, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, So it's, it's interesting you know, and I think it is true, you know, when for so long, the you're not taught to your body isn't like the body that you have isn't taught to be like, you know, thought of as beautiful, especially by the opposite sex. And then when you have people who are saying, actually, I'm interested in this, then seeking it out feels really flattering and really comforting. I'm actually thinking about it. And I have seen men list racial preferences in their bio. And I've seen I think I probably see the most specifying um, white women and Asian women Mm. is usually what I see. Interesting. Um, Yeah, but I mean, like, I I never really considered, because I don't don't think I ever did date anybody who, like, specifically stated, like, anywhere in their dating profile or social media or whatever that they were interested in big women. But it was something I noticed with my ex. Like, I did ask myself... Sometimes if he was maybe fetishizing me because of my size, I know that he's attracted to people of all kinds, but like seeing the way he used his social media, he followed a lot of content creators who looked like me. And then I found out he cheated on me and I like met the woman that he cheated on me with. And she was also a petite white plus size woman. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like... (laughs) Yeah, it does it does make you suspicious when you see a pattern. But then again, yeah. for me it's like, you know, if a guy I know is interested in seen by his dating history or pattern in a certain type of woman being black, I'm I'm always a little suspicious. But then again, for me like when I look at my dating history, I'm like, okay, there's there are patterns here too, right? Um what does that mean about me too? And I'm always thinking like you know, because I mean, I know that having prefer- having preferences while not right is something we're so conditioned into. And it mm-hmm. takes active working against what we're conditioned into to um, to change it and to, to yeah, get out really. of this sort of toxic mindset. And so I think, you know, noticing is the first step, of course, and in, in, in a way that isn't, you know sort of honoring it and being like, I'm interested in only this type of person, like, you know, but saying, okay, why is it that I'm only dating this race or this type of body or this type of person? You know, how is that something 
that can be changed and, you know, stuff like that. So I think it, I think it is really important. It's an important exercise for people to sit down and be like, okay, let me think about people I've been with in the past. And if there's something really similar here, let me start thinking about why that is. And if I'm only interested in this type of person, this type of body and how to sort of, I think a lot of ways, I don't know if this is like too strong of a word, but like decolonize your dating preferences and I, I think that's a perfect word yeah and and to really to negotiate or to reevaluate um what you know dating this type of person means to you i think it's really important yeah that's that's really wonderful um advice yeah uh yeah because i i did have to sit down with myself and be like okay you've noticed this pattern and like where does it stem from and like what are you going to do about it? And to be honest, I really feel like noticing it was kind of all I needed to be like, oh. <laughs> and obviously it's not as simple as that. And I'm sure there was a time frame of some sort where I was transitioning, I guess, into being literally less racist. But what was really cool about that whole thing, though, is that when I unpacked why I had this preference I was able to let go of a lot of other preferences. Like once I was able to let go of that specific preference, I really stopped caring about what my partners, I really cared a lot less about what my partners looked like in general. Mm -hmm. So definitely think it's a helpful exercise to have, even if it's not for racial bias, um, Mm -hmm. even if it's not for racial preference, just like, yeah. So Knowing what you know now, being in the healthy relationship that you're in, having experienced all of the shitty dudes that we've experienced, like, do you think you have any advice for your younger self when it comes to dating? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing I would tell my younger self is to really, I don't know, to listen to yourself and to not compromise on what your values are and what you know you want and what's good for you because I think I compromised so much the first few years I was dating but honestly also like I think I need I think I really needed to go through that to really be able to then see and say okay I know exactly what I want yeah I don't know it's a weird thing because like I definitely would tell myself to be honest with myself and to listen to myself but also knowing that I had to go through some of these awful guys to get to where I am right now and to have so much more self-respect right now than I did when I was you know 21 22 dating for the first time hell yeah yeah I mean because I was I was actually thinking something very similar where I was like if I could go back, like, I think about that with my ex all the time. Like, this man has left me with so much trauma. <laughs> and, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't undo it. If I could go back and tell myself, like, don't enter into this relationship, like, I wouldn't. Because it scares me to think about the person I might be if I hadn't learned these things. It scares me to think that, you know, that I could maybe have been bitten in the ass much worse at a later date because I wasn't aware of that. I will say... That I, I think I think I would like to go back in time maybe and tell twelve year old me that um, instead of looking for a boyfriend I should have looked for a therapist Ooh. because I think I think that if I had been in therapy if I you know if I'd started going to therapy that young at such a formative age I think it would have really I hope it would have helped me with my body issues with my obsession with romance and male validation but I'm also with you that like. I can't even imagine who I would be if I hadn't had all those experiences. Yeah, therapy is everything. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. so important. 
And I think another thing that I've learned in therapy when it comes to like relationships and stuff I've had trauma from from past relationships before and it's interesting now being in such a healthy relationship but still having sort of instances where I'm thinking about past relationships and not knowing why and so having therapy is so helpful and also so hard because you're having to go back and having to examine you know your past relationships like it kind of feels like I don't know if this is like the right analogy but when I think about therapy I think about the Christmas um is it the Christmas story or Christmas the Christmas carol because I feel like I am having to go and like examine the ghost of my past yeah (laughs) and that's so much what therapy is for me is having to examine these ghosts who I thought that were gone of course they're ghosts um they died my those relationships died um but they still come back to haunt you in your future and it really shows that like healing isn't linear and it could you could be in like the healthiest relationships you've ever been in but still have the trauma from past relationships creeping in yeah my therapist um recently (laughs) yeah we recently had some like made some like discoveries but then it's funny because it's just there's just always more questions where she was like okay well we've learned this thing about you but then like why (laughs) like why where does this come from and I'm like I don't fucking know I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's your job (laughs) yeah like I guess I have one last question that's two-parted, and it's more on the light side. Do you have any more questions? Okay, perfect. Then this is a good one to end on. My question is, or my questions are, I guess, um, tell me about the worst date you've ever been on and the best date you've ever been on. Okay, the worst date. Oh, okay. The worst date I've ever been on. I got it. Okay, so this is when I first moved to the city. I matched him on Tinder. He was very attractive, very tall. And um, I did not have my own place. I was sleeping in uh, my friend's bed, my friend who became my roommate, but I was literally sleeping in her bed with her. She didn't have a couch and, like, didn't even have my own keys to her apartment. And she was working. It's like she had a life, and I was I was still visiting. Honestly, I didn't even think that I, I was, was moved here yet. I thought I was leaving. <laughs> and, like, this dude wanted to meet up, and I was like, okay, but, like, Actually, I don't think I said this to him. I was just like, okay, cool. Like, let's have a picnic in the park. And I, like, met him getting off the train. It was, like, dinner time. And I was like, look at all these restaurants. Like, are you interested in anything over here? And he was like, no, I'm not hungry. I just ate. And I was like, wait, what? What? Like, we were supposed to eat. So, you know, DL, 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 DL. Don't tell my parents. We were supposed to smoke. And we were supposed to smoke. Like, that was the plan. We were supposed to smoke and have a picnic. And he was like, I already ate. And I was like, okay, well, let's just smoke, I guess, because I'll probably, I'm sure you'll get hungry after we smoke, whatever. And he, he had, like, two hits. And he was like, I'm done. He was like, I don't really smoke. And I was like, why did you agree to any of this? And I was like, okay, well, I'm hungry. Like, I was fully planning to have a meal with you, and I haven't eaten. Like, is there anything, like, would you eat now? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, sh- like, did you want to, like, but he was like, there's nothing here that appeals to me. Like, maybe we can go back to your place and order something. And I was like, we could do that. But if we go back to my place, like, we literally would have to buzz until somebody let us in. And then we would have to ask 
a neighbor to let us in through their, like, let us use their fire escape oh my God. to get into my apartment because I don't have a key to my apartment. And he was like, okay, let's do that. <gasps> no. So we walked to my apartment and I'm like buzzing. I buzz every single person because I don't have keys and nobody lets us in. And so I'm just sitting on the step. And he's like, what are we waiting for? And I was like, we're waiting for somebody to buzz us in. And he was like, why? And I was like, I literally told you I do not have keys. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. <gasps> what an asshole. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, like, not only am I locked out of this apartment, like, now I'm alone, which not that I would have, apparently now I know I'm it's not like I would have rather spent the time with him. But yeah, and then that same night he messaged me on Tinder and he was like, you should have me over sometime if you want me to pound that tight pussy. <gasps> no, what an asshole. Also, why yeah. didn't he offer his place if he knew that you didn't have a key? I mean, he didn't listen, obviously. He has no listening <laughs> capabilities. But that is truly garbage. Also, he was about to get, he was about to get, punched if he thought like because fully what would have happened is if we had gotten into my apartment he would have immediately tried to have sex with me Mm -hmm. and at the time I was not I was so naive I was not cognizant I was not aware that that was what was happening Mm -hmm. was that he was trying to get us alone so that he could put the moves on and like so I feel like so many people operate on tinder that way like oh it's for hookups like no it's for how you choose to use it Mm -hmm. actually like yes of course there is an a, a like prevalent hookup culture and there's nothing wrong with that but like we're taught to be so ashamed of sex that we can't talk about it and that is what leads to so many problems like if this dude had said i want to hook up i would have said okay well it's not happening today at least you know i would have just said let's not waste our time so that was my worst date my best date i'm I'm having a really hard time thinking of any standouts honestly like i think i have yet to go on like a really remarkable date like i i had a really fun date with a guy last year right before i started seeing my ex and we wanted different things so that didn't go anywhere well what was the fun date you had oh well we just went to the park i don't know it was nothing we just went to the park and we had we had a picnic we had a picnic in the park i love that that's really good yeah and like laughed we we mostly just laughed like that guy and I laughed a lot and I was really surprised like he was like mm, never mind I was like all right but <laughs> but yeah I mean what about you best and worst date worst date I would say okay so when I was in Ecuador like three years ago I think I dated a bit and this one guy I dated or I guess we went on a date. He was just, I guess, okay, so he was nervous. And the way that he presented his nervousness was talking a lot and very fast. Like, that's all he did. And he didn't know any English. So we get to this restaurant. He's talking so much. And at that point, like, I had just gotten there, you know, hadn't been there for years. I was like, my Spanish was a little rusty. <laughs> I'm just saying that. And so this man's talking a like, hundred miles per, a hundred <clears throat> words per minute, whatever, you know, asking me all these questions. I'm just like, okay, like, da, da, da. and you know, it comes time to order food and he wants to split a salad. And I'm like, wait, what? So we're splitting a salad. <laughs> So, like, as the first course you mean? I wish. <laughs> no, the whole damn meal was a salad. And so I'm sitting there, you know, eating some salad, listening to him talk. And it was, like, to the point where I, w- I had just tuned out, you know. I was just, I wasn't even there anymore. And he, at one point, was like, am I boring you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yes, dear, yes. 
but he kept talking, and I was like, you just oh asked God. if you were boring me, and now you're still boring me. You're so asking, like, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so that was no good. That was just, it. Was, I mean, it wasn't like, it could have been worse, you know. I feel like as far as bad dates go, that's not that bad, but it was just like, this is a waste of my time. I'm hungry now, and I'm <laughs> bored, and I'm confused. So yeah. there's a lot mixed into that. So I guess best date was, um, oh, that's a good question. My question. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, I'm going to break it down into two parts because I feel like if I don't, <laughs> John will get sad. So my uh. best date with John, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I guess that... So when we first started dating, it was this is when I was really like, oh my gosh, like he really, really likes me. This is crazy. Like I remember, you know, we we mentioned once like, oh, how fun would it be if we if we like cook together or whatever. And then, you know, one day he was like, okay, yeah. And and I had told him that I liked like margaritas and I liked, you know, Asian cuisine. And he comes over after work and he brought with him like a walk like this intricate list of food he bought all oh of this God. all these ingredients he brought like t- like tequila and like all this stuff to make margaritas and he was like let's cook <laughs> and i was like holy shit like he must have spent like at least 50 dollars to make to get all this stuff mm-hmm. and then we made this extravagant well i guess he mostly made it this extravagant meal we made margaritas and we took it to the park and we ate in the park and we're in hammocks so that was really fun love that love you john but prior to john um a date that i went on that was really fun was when i was in dc i was i went on a date with this guy and we went all around the monuments at night and it was so fun i mean in hindsight maybe not the safest thing to do (laughs) But, because it was at night, you know, there weren't that many people around. But it was just so fun. Like, because, because like, D.C. is so busy, especially during the summertime, to have that moment in these in this space that's usually so packed that's, like, completely empty and to be walking around. And then at, at the very end, it started raining, like, pouring. So we, like, ran underneath the Lincoln Memorial and, like, saw, like, the entire city underneath it, which is really cool. So that was awesome. But he ended up being conservative, so... We no, didn't no. we didn't hang out after that, so no, no good, no good. No good. No good. Um and then another date that I went on that was really fun because like this is like my like favorite thing to do really. Like my dream date is to go to a museum, then like halfway through, leave the museum, go on a picnic outside of the museum, go back to the museum, finish the museum. So many museums. <laughs> finish uh finish it and then go to like a dinner or whatever so this guy isn't that so fun i love that idea it sounds so intellectual um so this guy i was seeing for a bit we went to a museum walked around really fun and afterwards we like went to this like glass store and like saw them like making like these glass things i don't know and then after that we went to this rooftop bar and we like sat by the fire and drank and it was like the perfect sort of full day experience he ended up being an asshole but like i hate when like a perfect date is ruined by the person but the idea of the date and like the activities are so fun you're like okay but yeah those were some of my best and worst dates i suppose man 
what, why haven't I gone? Somebody take me on a fun date. Although I'm realizing also I did not talk about my first date ever, which I, I actually kind of forgot about. Um, it was actually in Hawaii, uh, in Hawaii, and I was uh, 18. I was still in high school. I met this guy who was also 17 or 18. Well, I was 17, I guess. Um on Zeusk. What the fuck? <laughs> Zeusk. Okay, from what I can recall of it, it's like, I think it's a, just like a chat room kind of place, but you can like make, it was like the original Bitmoji, I think. Like, you, you make little characters for yourself. And like, met this kid who was my same age, also a senior in high school, and like, he's a really good example of like, we communicated really well via written communication but then we met and we went to see a production of Pippin the musical which was really really nice of him (laughs) (laughs) but when I got there he was already there and he was like it was like it could have been a cute Romeo and Juliet thing because like he was on higher ground than I was but he was just like he like yelled down to me like he was just like can I jump on you that's not cute (laughs) (laughs) he was like can I jump down from here and and like will you catch me and I was like oh (laughs) no absolutely not and then at intermission he did really bad parkour (laughs) that's so funny so that's probably my second worst date I assume that sparked a memory in me. My my pre-college 17 or 18 year old first date was, was so weird. Basically, my friend, so okay, so when I in where I lived in Madison, I kind of lived in this triangle where me and two of my other good friends, we lived in like um, apartment buildings really close by to one another. And we were hanging out at a park, like, walking back to one of their their places. And this group of guys, like, re- like I can't even, how would I describe these men? Like, sort of, you know, maybe, like, knockoff skater boys. Like, probably never skated. Nice. <laughs> like, nice. and one of the guys was wearing a necklace made out of um, bottle, not bottle caps, um... Like, the, the thing on the bottle. Oh, the, yeah, the can tabs. Yeah, the can tabs. And they were all talking to us, and they were like, hey. And we were like, hey. and But the thing is, it was, like, me, my friend Allie, and my friend Eric. So we were like, this is, like, a really friendly dynamic, you know? There was three guys, and then the three of us, and we were like, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, they were like, we were just chatting, and it was kind of goofy, and they were kind of goofy. And then one of the guys was like, this is actually a very strategic, smart move. Um, he was like to Eric, you know, hey, like we should all hang out sometime. Like, can I get your number so we can all like meet up sometime? And that in that way, it feels less, you know, sort of threatening. It's very casual. So Eric's like, yeah, sure. So he gives him his number, and then later he texts Eric and says, hey, what's that girl's name? Yeah. Your, your friend? Like, I have her number. And me being like seventeen, like right out of high school, I'm like, oh my god, boy. And he, you know, it was the guy with the pop tap uh necklace and he was like yeah let's hang out my name's troy <laughs> and i was troy. like ooh, like troy bolton but not <laughs> and so Depend the game karen <laughs> right and our first date was um I, I mean we walked my dog in the park and i love that yeah but then the second this is i wouldn't even call these dates they're weird hangouts was at (laughs) we watched wait have i ever been on a date then (laughs) all of my experiences are weird hangouts (laughs) i'm sorry go on um the second this is the one that i was thinking of i just remembered the the 
the, the, the um, dog walk, but the like date was that we went to we, we watched um like one of the original Batman movies, but it was at nice. <laughs> it was at his grandma's retirement home. That sounds you're lying. I am so serious. <laughs> and I was just first of all, his grandma wasn't there. I was like, where's grandma? <laughs> Karen, what if his grandma didn't even live there? Like, what if he wasn't even related to somebody who lived in that nursing home? Like, that... he was, like, so lonely. He was, like, sometimes I hang out here. Oh, that's so terrifying. He's, like, call it volunteering, and I just call it, I don't have friends. <laughs> oh, so terrifying. But I remember being, like, so, like, oh, my God, hard eyes, hard eyes. Like, he likes me, and him being the weirdest person in the entire world. But, yeah, I guess that's my first dating experience. <laughs> We'll say that's what it is. (laughs) Hello, editing Karen here. I accidentally cut out the question, but I just asked Kyla how this conversation is leaving her feeling and what it's leaving her with. I feel great. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I didn't anticipate that I would leave this conversation feeling anything other than satisfied. And you know, I don't know. It's very easy to. You're my friend. You're my friend. I love talking to you, and I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be here, and I'll do it again. Yay! Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like we can talk truly for hours about anything. It's nice with you because I feel like. I can randomly, if I think about you, I'll just like FaceTime you and usually you'll answer. And so it's nice because then we can just, you know, spit back and forth, which is fun. I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And I had a really fun time talking to you about dating and all things, you know, dating wise. And for those of you who listened, you like this, please give it a like um, on social media and um, leave a a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps as well as following along on Instagram at QBQPOD to get up to date with what I'll post next. Kyla, do you want anyone to catch you up on social media? Do you have anything to plug? Oh, yeah. Um, follow me on TikTok. Follow, follow me on TikTok. her on TikTok. Kyla the Kook. K-Y-L-A the Kook. K-O-O-K. <laughs> I'll definitely put it down in the description of this episode and we'll tag Kyla on um, Instagram as well. So yeah, this has been another episode of QBQ. And again, I'm your host, Karen. And yeah, bye.